Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Rise Together podcast. I am so excited to introduce you today to Alejandra Marquez. Alejandra is someone who specializes in helping people simplify their life, be more efficient with their time, be more considerate of how they say yes to what they need to and no to what they don't. She is going to, I think, give you the tools that you need to really focus on what's important to have the courage to say no to what isn't and uh, find ways to make the very, very most of the most precious commodity that each of us have in this life, which of course is our time. With that, please welcome to the Rise Together podcast, Miss Alejandra Marquez. Welcome to Rise Together. My name's Dave Hollis. I'm the host of this show where we're gonna hopefully have you feeling a little more normal in this, the human experience, maybe see yourself even in some of the stories that are told or have your appreciation of what it means to be human expanded by someone who's come on as a guest who's had a different life experience. In all of it, we are trying our best in community to learn from each other, to grow, and maybe even have a little bit more compassion for what it's like to walk in each other's shoes. When we do, we all rise together. Alejandra. Hi, Dave. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. It's so great to have you here. For the people that don't have any familiarity with your work, can you give just a little bit of your background, where you come from, and why you believe yourself to be on this planet doing this work that you are doing? Absolutely. Well, I'm originally from Venezuela, but I've been living in Spain from like since 10 years ago. And I, I'm an expert on time management. Like I help people on increasing their productivity, designing these time systems that really support them best. And it's, it all started because every single person that I knew since I feel always, it always asked me, how do I manage to do it all? Like, how do I take time with my family? How do I manage to have my relationship with my boyfriend? And how do I really achieve everything that I set my eyes on. So for everybody listening to have an idea, I when I moved to, to Spain, I started studying for two degrees at the same time, business management and law. Yes. <laughs> As if having I had, one I had a reaction, enough, right? which was, you did what? <laughs> <laughs> I know. So that's that's where people start seeing like, okay, she's she's studying two different careers. That's but still something that not a lot of people can process. They feel like, okay, how do you manage to do it? But the thing is, I had something pretty clear since the beginning is I didn't want it to just study and gain knowledge and then jump into the real world, not knowing anything about how, yeah, about how to apply it in on real life. So since second year, I was working into two to three part-time jobs. 
and not the average one. Like, yes, I serve in restaurants. I did many regular jobs. But since the second year, I was working in notary offices in one of the biggest law firms in Spain, then in project management, research centers, and also helping my family with the restaurant. And besides all of that, if you wouldn't say that's enough, <laughs> I'm a very multi-passionate person. And one of my passions is learning languages. So I was learning Catalan because in Barcelona, that's the main language that we had besides Spanish. And I was also learning Chinese. Wow. So <laughs> what do you do in your spare time? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so many things. Seriously, many, oh. many things. So those were my fifth and sixth language. And, and that's how people start asking, oh, how? How can I do that? That as well. That's and amazing. That's how I knew. <laughs> All right, you're doing a lot of things at one time. One of the things I know you talk about and teach on is multitasking. It seems like you're a multitasker, and I also have read plenty of studies that say that multitasking is the least efficient thing that we can possibly do. Um, talk just for a second as we start off here about multitasking and what uh, is good or maybe not good about it. Well, I will start by saying it's not good. It's not good at all. <laughs> the thing in here is, I was really doing it all at the same time. First, uh, I think out of necessity, really needing to work to help my family, support the family. And then just because I really wanted to gain that experience. So I dove deep into everything that I could. But I define myself as a multi-passionate person, not a multitasker. And as you say, we are not actually designed to multitask. Our brains are not designed to multitask. And we should really stop wearing that bag, that batch of honor saying, hey, I'm a great multitasker. No, you're great at switching tasks. We can switch tasks very fast. But the thing in here is that it will absolutely kill your productivity. So one of the things that I did to be able to do everything is really dedicating focus time to each one of them. So it was not doing everything at the same time, but when I was working, it was work. When I was studying, it was 100% study. When I was language, language. Family time, family time. And in here, the thing is, I've, I'm sure you have uh, listened or see, saw these studies that says that multitasking can really hurt your productivity by 40%. Like it can reduce your productivity by 40%. And every time you're trying to switch from one task to another, your brain takes 25 minutes on average to get back to the thing it was doing. Like gaining back that focus, 25 minutes, it's a lot. The funny thing is it's that's the lot. one stat that I have heard. I, I mean, I just recently heard it on an interview that uh, Dak Shepard is doing on Armchair Expert. It's just like that there could be a 25-minute lag before you're able to get back and be focused on the thing that you were actually trying to focus on earlier in the day. That's just waste. It's just such waste of time. Yeah. Now imagine compounding that because it's not like we are doing two things at the same time, but most people try to do five, six. And every time you change from one to another, that's those 25 minutes that you're wasting. So when you end up the day, probably you have more than three hours completely waste trying to get back to what you were doing. It's wild. It's so wild. I know. I mean, like I'm victim of this because I'll watch a movie while I scroll on my phone. I'll sit with, you know, the kids while we're playing video games and also be having a conversation with somebody, you know, like I have four kids, which is like a thousand kids. So 
multitasking is sometimes a necessity. Hey, I'm going to have a conversation with my oldest while I'm playing video games with my youngest. But there is something to the quality of the output when you are distracted by trying to do multiple things at a single time. Talk to me about how you feel. Like I, I'm a huge believer in this idea that came out of a book from Gary Keller called The One Thing, just focusing on that one thing that's gonna make your life easier or make the rest of the goals that you have happen faster because of the focus on that one thing. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's a great book. And just focusing on one thing at a time is really leveraging that focus that we have. And trying to avoid that 25-minute ways that we just talked about. But focusing on one thing, it's really dedicating all your energy, all your attention and being present in the moment. Because I feel like, as you say, with so many distractions and in the current world with social media and so many things that we can focus our attention, it's really the being present in the moment, the thing that we really need to start working on a little bit more, that mindfulness and just changing the perspective and saying, no, I can absolutely pay attention for 25 minutes to the thing that I'm doing right now so that then my kids can have more attention, more quality time. And that's that's one of the things I always recommend my clients. It's if you really dedicate more focused time to your work, you will not finish working at 8 p.m., not do having any time with your kids or your family. You can finish at five because you've been more productive, more efficient, and then you have three full hours to enjoy with yourself, with your loved ones, and dedicate to anything else that you want. So really just having that one thing focus at a time can completely change your life. And just bringing it to a more tangible thing, because I know a lot of people will say, well, I have many things to do in a day. I cannot focus on just one and I totally get it. So that's why I always recommend having three big priorities on a day and forget about an endless to-do list because having those three big priorities is what will allow you to move faster and forward, keep moving forward and just focusing on that. All right. So that's interesting because the three priorities was going to be a question. Uh, the word priority in and of itself means the most important thing. And so when you like, I, cause I do plenty of coaching when I have people that are telling me, here's what's on my priorities list, like a plural, I have somewhat of a reaction because if you have multiple things that you have identified as being the most important, then none of them are the most important. So how do you, how do you kind of navigate through a priorities list versus having a single priority? Oh, I love that question. In here, for me, I really consider that since we are not just having one role or one main project that we are working on, every single one of them will have that most important thing you want to focus on. Especially, for example, if you're building your business or if you're working with different clients, you have different things that are in your top and the top of the list. But in here, what I really encourage everyone to define is what are the things that matter the most to them? Not what you think it's going to matter the most for someone who's looking after you, for someone who's watching on social media, or for anybody else's expectations. What that thing that matter the most to you? And then define what are those three big rocks, if you don't want to call them priorities, what are those three big things that can really move the needle forward that will allow you to get there with more ease, with more flow and faster. 
Just yes, we want results fast. <laughs> I will not deny that, but also make it in a way that you don't reach for now, because I feel like that's one of the biggest things everybody forgets. If you want to do more and do it fast, you end up burning out. Yeah. So I'm not here for it. And I'm not here for everybody to, to watch themselves burn out. Here, here, no burnout. Totally agree with that. You mentioned to-do lists earlier, and I'm curious because I am someone who makes a to-do list like every day, like the things that didn't get done the day before, I just transfer them over onto the next day's to-do. It happens in the morning. I slowly chip away. Sometimes I have more progress. Sometimes I have less. I don't know that I have a great system for prioritization, right? There are times when, because there's a whole bunch of things in the list, sometimes I'll just pick the thing that's the easiest thing to check off so I can feel good about having checked it off, but it might not have been the thing that was going to actually move the needle forward or actually make every other thing easier. Talk to me a little bit about your feelings on a to-do list and the good, the bad, and, and maybe the watch outs most importantly for anyone who might find themselves as a to-do list person. So many things that I can say on this. And I think <laughs> I will start with the one that you say that starting with the smallest thing on your to-do list, just so you can check it off and feel great about it. That's a dopamine effect that when you check something out of your list, you feel like I did it. It doesn't matter how small it was. You're like, I achieved something. But then you look at the endless to-do list and you have 30 things you didn't achieve. And then you start feeling guilty about it. You, you keep comparing. Like I did X and I was supposed to do it uh, Y. So in here, I will say stop look, looking after the, um, the dopamine effect. And not focus on the little things, even if they seem easy and to achieve, but really start planning your days in a way that it's way more intentional. So when when you have to do this, normally you you don't have any thoughts into it. You're just brain jumping and just saying everything that must be accomplished. But the intention behind it and the energy management that must go along with it, it's not happening on a to-do list. So i rather do time, block, time blocking, time boxing, because that really allows you to put it in the calendar, start seeing how much energy it takes you, how much time it takes you, and just really making it in a way that's that's more, well, you'll have more focus, you have more intention, and you will get to know yourself a little bit better. And that's one of the biggest things that I always say to people. And the third thing that I wanted to mention on to-do list is, of course, I have a list of things <laughs> that I need to do in order for me to keep moving forward. But the way I like to see it is this is my brain dump. And once I have all my thoughts out of my mind, because otherwise it takes a lot of mental space, a lot of energy. Once I have everything put down on paper, I start categorizing them. Okay. Is this marketing? Is this more client work? Is this personal life? And start putting everything into a category, then assigning deadlines. Because normally, if you don't have any deadline, if it's not in the calendar, it's not going to happen. So really, even if you don't have anyone chasing after you, have a deadline to yourself and commit to that and saying, okay, this is when I want to have it done. And be realistic. Then don't say you're doing it tomorrow if you have another 20 things. Yep. That should come prior to that one. Be realistic, but also, and this is a law that I always love talking about, the Parkinson law. The more time that you give yourself to do something, the more it will take you. 
So this is something I highly, highly encourage everyone to have in mind is, yeah, be realistic, but also keep in mind that you're the one that are overestimating or underestimating your capacity. So just play a little bit with it. It's so true. Like if I give myself two weeks, I'm probably not going to focus on it until 10 days into the two week window. I just, yeah. I work better under pressure. So if I'd given myself a three day window, I'd have been, you know, finished with this project 15 days in advance and would have focused on it because it was due. Uh, there are plenty of different software options that exist to help you create something of urgency or create something of accountability for your task list or your to-do list. For me, our team uses Monday. Not that this is an ad for Monday, but um, there's a lot of different software options where you put in the task, you assign it to whoever is responsible, and you put a date against it. And now all of a sudden, a thing that came up on a Zoom call becomes a practical thing that someone has to take ownership for. I love that. I love that. I love that. Productivity is something for me that tends to have a different energy during different times of the day. So like I know for me, I have to take a look at the list of things I have to get done and the most important of them I have to do first thing in the morning. Maybe it's because I have a thousand kids, maybe it's because motivation dwindles over time, but can you talk just a little bit about finding your most productive time in the day and then making sure that the most important tasks are the things that you've assigned to that most important time slot. Absolutely. This is probably one of my favorite topics because probably everybody try to fit their priorities or find out their priorities, thinking if it is urgent, if it is important, and try to categorize it only according to these two um, aspects. But really, our energy, what determines how can we manage it all? How can we really work on the things that we want to work on plus the things we should work on? So really finding out what are the times that you are the most productive is one of the key elements that will allow you to increase your productivity and avoid that burnout. And for me, there are many ways you can find out. Like if you follow Daniel Pink, you will find the early bird, the night owl, and the third bird. And you have all the, <laughs> the calculation for that, the math for, for seeing what, what are your best times. I will say really just very intuitively, how you find yourself in the morning. Like, do you like waking up at 4 a.m. and join the 5 a.m. club and do everything in the morning? Awesome. Now start planning your days around that. If you hate that and you feel like waking up at 5 a.m. is the worst thing that you can do, then start taking a, taking a look and see if at night is your most productive time. I know, for example, for my boyfriend, he's a really night person. He works best at night. But I also realized that First, it depends on the projects that you're working on and how many things you've done. So in my personal case, I'm a morning person, not a 5 a.m. club person, but I like doing things in the morning, learning. I like focusing on creation, on really planning. That's that's my jam in the morning. Then focusing on execution right before launch. And then the creativity comes up uh, at night. So when I was writing my book, From Burnout to Unstoppable, nighttime was the best time for me to really get all the ideas and then executing in the next morning. So when you, once you find out what works best for you, start planning your days according to that. And I will say, 
the time blocking is the best tool that you can use to really focus the different type of tasks, admin tasks, personal stuff, more execution, focus time, start blocking the days. And there's there's another factor into it. And it's how much energy does the, the task actually requires? Because yes, you can love talking to people, but then after the second call, you might be like, Oof, I need to recharge my energy. <laughs> yep. I know with the podcast, you should feel like that. It's it's amazing. You're having amazing conversations, but then you feel like you need to recharge by yourself a little bit more. So I always encourage people to have different type of activities that you love doing in the middle of the day, just to recharge, like play your favorite song, go for a walk, yoga, stretching, whatever works best for you. That's what you should be adding these little blocks time in your everyday. And then there's this other thing that's the decision fatigue, the brain fatigue. So the more we are into the week, the more decisions we've made and the harder it is for us to keep that motivation going on that commitment. So if you know you have something very important that requires a lot of attention, a lot of energy from you, don't leave it for Friday because maybe you're completely drained and exhausted about all the decisions you've made. Put it on Monday and make that your rock day, your CEO day. And then you have a lighter Friday. That that has worked wonders for me and my clients. So good. There's a few things. Number one, I am so about having these breaks in the day where your energy can be recharged or restored. So I have an alarm on my phone at 10 a.m. every single day. It goes off, and there are three words that are associated with my 10 a.m. alarm, fulfilled, fit, and fun. It's this like reminder okay. that like this is what I'm aspiring for, to be fulfilled, to be fit, to be fun. And I get to ask myself, as I, like with the alarm going off, I have to get up and move my body immediately. It is my chance to kind of like change the energy, change the room, change the vibe, rejuvenate just a little bit, but then also remind myself, this is who you are and this is what you are hoping to become. And if the work that you're doing doesn't feel fulfilling or doesn't feel fun or isn't making you fit, you know, forget physically fit, but like emotionally and mentally fit, then are you doing the right thing? But like, it's this cool thing that breaks up the day. I also like, <laughs> I'm sitting right now in my bedroom. I record podcasts here. I have an office on the opposite side of the house. There is something for me in just changing my physical environment that allows me to leave the thing that I was working on before in the room that I was working on it before in, and then jump into something that's brand new. But I am also a big, like big, big believer in time blocking. And I, I would love for you just to explain a little bit for anyone who hears the term but doesn't understand what you're saying. What is time blocking and why is it so important? Yes. Well, first, I love what you say and I love that affirmation at 10 a.m. It's, it's really nice that you have that in there because sometimes we forget. We really forget that we need to have these breaks and just have something encouraging in the middle of the day. So uh, anyone listening, I encourage you to try doing the same and start taking this little time. By the way, there's another one at two. There's another one at five. Like, you know, it's like this is one of the and they're not the same things. It's I'm not reminding myself to be fit and fulfilled and fun at two. It's a different prompt. And at five, it's a different prompt. My five o'clock prompt is about re-entry into the most important things in my life, which is my family. But whatever your prompts are, they're a reminder of who you're hoping to be and an interruption 
in the world and the busyness of your work and the things that could distract you from remembering that you are these things or that you want to be these things. So um, I do it three times a day. You can do it as many times as you decide to, but find some things that'll reground you into who you are and who, who you'd hope to be. Absolutely. I love that. And I feel like with, with the time blocking, it, this is also very helpful to remind yourself like why you're doing what you're doing, because once you put a block and I will explain what time blocking is, but once you put a block on the calendar and you actually see it, you get to decide if that it's going to be work time or personal time. And that's that's one of the mistakes I see most people make. It's never putting in the calendar the personal time. So then it's suddenly everything is work and you say, oh, I don't have time for my family. No, the time was in there and to just add more stuff into the personal time. So for anyone listening that doesn't know what time blocking is or time boxing, because it it, it has several names, time blocking is really just putting together similar tasks into a one big block of time. Normally it's around 90 to two hours, 90 minutes to two hours. And that way you focus during that time on doing those similar tasks. This allows you to have a bigger focus, save your energy, completely get rid of distractions. Like don't let yourself be distracted with anything that's outside from that block and avoid that multitasking we've, we've been talking uh, since the beginning of this podcast. So once you have that, it's like I say, brain dump first, then categorize. And when you have those categories, start putting those time boxes, time blocks into your calendar. And the good thing in here is, yes, it can be bigger. It can be smaller, depending on how many things you can you can have in one block. And then you start taking a look at what's more important, taking a look at when you work best, when you have this big energy, when you want to do the admin work, when you're most creative, when you need that more energy. And then please don't forget about that personal time. So what I always say to my clients is, please grab your calendar. And if you want a full day to yourself, block it. Don't leave it blank because that's one of the biggest mistakes uh, people make. No, I'll keep it in blank so that I know it's going to be free time. I'm going to do something else. If you see blank, you want to add things. I can absolutely have in here this meeting. Oh, yes, absolutely. I can keep working on this project on Wednesday, for example. Wednesdays Wednesdays are my self-care days. I don't put anything in there besides self-care or learning time. And I have it blocked like that. So if I add something that's not related to self-care, family, or learning, I need to be very intentional about it. It's, It's a constant reminder that is this actually really important enough to go against what you decided it was going to be, or can it be moved to other day? And normally it can be moved. (laughs) I mean, I think of time blocking for me about like, there are certain tasks that require one part of my brain and other tasks that require a different part. And so if I'm doing something that's more creative, if I'm doing something like a podcast or I'm writing, okay, that deserves a block that's different from some operational exercise or some even team management exercise where I'm now having to deploy something in kind of emotional intelligence or problem solving. One part is creativity, one part is more practical and time blocking for me again, tends to just be a little bit more about how I can preserve and protect the space that creativity can thrive inside of 
and be most efficient in? And how can I protect and preserve the space that the more mundane or the more practical or the more tactical can be also protected so that it can be done efficiently? Ah, it's such a good thing. I love time blocking. I recommend it for everyone. All right, let's talk about team meetings. Uh, you know, clearly the world has changed quite a bit in the last couple of years. There's more virtual team meetings than there ever have been. I have been someone who, as a leader of teams, has had times where I've had way too many meetings, <laughs> meetings to have meetings or meetings to prepare for a meeting. Um, so I have a mixed relationship historically with meetings and their need to even exist. And yet keeping people together, especially when we're apart, feels like it's so important. Are there things that you'd have as tips for anyone who's in a team or managing a team to make team meetings most productive? Oh, this is this is a very good one because as you say, especially now that more people is working from home, you kind of want to also have that interaction and see each other. But at the same time, I'm also very against meeting that are completely unnecessary. And I, oof, this is something I really hated back in the time when I had so many meetings that I, I didn't even need to be there. But for making meetings more efficient, the first thing is, are you inviting the right people? Like it's everybody is actually necessary on that meeting or you just are you sending the invite to every single person in your team or in your company or are you actually thinking clearly with an intention behind it? Again, for me, everything comes down to intention and saying, is this person actually related to the topic that we are going to be discussing? It's important. They need to take action on it because if they're not related to it, they can be informed by an email. Hey, this is what we are working on. Just wanted to keep you posted. And that's it. Like that's that's the way you can handle the rest of the team to keep them involved, but not wasting their time. Then also having an agenda, a very clear agenda and saying, these are the topics that we are going to be covering on the meeting. If the meeting doesn't have an agenda, I don't even want to have it. It's like we're meeting just to say hi and to see if there's anything in there. No, let's be very clear. We are having a meeting for 30 minutes. Okay, so we are going to be covering one, two, and three. And then if we need another one, we are going to be covering four, five, and six. But if you don't have that clear since the beginning, it's just going to be random talk. You're going to end up with more questions that you might have and not solving anything. So those are the two main things that I will say, always keep your agenda and always invite the right people. So good. Oh my goodness, so good. This is a name drop, but I'm gonna do it anyway. I had this opportunity to work with Oprah a couple of different times on a couple of different movies. We would have these meetings where everyone would come together. Her time is obviously unbelievably limited. And the first thing, well, the first thing she did was go around the room and ask the name of every single person that was there and then give them the thing that you want more than anything, which is, hello, Dave. I mean, like she did that, <laughs> whatever. But the second thing she did after making everyone feel welcome was ask the super simple question, what is the intended outcome of this meeting, right? Like she wanted to know upfront whether there was an agenda or not, what we were trying to actually solve. What are we trying to walk away from this conversation with from a deliverable standpoint? And there's like simplicity and beauty in that, but there's also a recognition that like, oh, this is a person who values her time and doesn't wanna be sitting inside of a room 
where there isn't clarity on what the intended outcome of a conversation is meant to be. She's not there to be friends as much as she might have sung each of our names at the beginning of the conversation. So mm -hmm. I love that. I love that note of making sure that you have the right people and making sure that you have an agenda. It's everything, everything, everything. All right, let's talk about burnout. Uh, I mean, burnout is a thing that I think a lot of people who are listening, myself included, um, you know, have probably felt at a certain point in time. And so I'm curious if you have tips or tricks to identifying that you're on the cusp of it and anything to try to avoid it so that you don't find yourself in a place where you're questioning everything about what you're doing or why you're doing it. Yes. I mean, burnout, it's, it's a huge topic for me. It's what I'm really trying to help everybody to avoid because I've been there several times in different stages by different reasons. And normally when you're considering that you're feeling that burnout, I don't want to say it's too late because you obviously can, can get out of it. But normally when people feel burnout and I see, and I say normally, because this is very subjective, like burnout, it's very subjective to every person, how you felt it. It's, not the same way that I probably felt it and that everybody else can feel it. So we need to acknowledge that and not just saying, oh, you're not burned out because your life is a little easier than me or you're not as burned out as I am. So just recognize that for every single one, it's it's going to be different. And for what I've seen and the definition that I that I see that's the most common is when you're feeling this fatigue that not it's not only physical, it's mental, it's emotional, you feel drained, you feel this heavy weight on your shoulders, uh, you're constantly overthinking and, and not feeling good with anything that's going on, not your work, not your personal life. So you'll always feel like you're behind and that something needs to change. And I feel like that's that's the main point. When you feel something needs to change, you know you're there. Because otherwise you'll feel like, no, it's it's okay. It's a little bit of stress. But that constant stress every single day, the compound effect of it, that's what causes burnout. And what I've noticed and what I feel it's the main issue is society has normalized stress and burnout. It's like, it's completely normal. It's something you are meant to have and go through it. And it's not like that. Be yeah, so being common doesn't mean being normal. So let's, let's just also acknowledge that and recognize that you can change that. You can avoid burnout. You can prevent burnout and stop recognizing it as a normal thing, a normal state to be at because you can absolutely live in another way. So in here, some of the things that you can absolutely do to avoid burnout. First, change your mindset around the things that you are doing. Like, why are you feeling so stressed? Why are you feeling that you are not passionate about the things you are doing anymore? What needs to change in your life? Like, start taking a look at your surroundings and also take a look at your mindset and see what might be the, the root cause that, that lead you there. Then one of the biggest things that I always, always say to avoid burnout, it's having good time management skills. And I know you might say, yeah, you're a time management expert. Obviously, you're going to say that, but it's it's the truth. Once you really start seeing your time as your ally and not as your enemy, you start feeling in control. 
you start feeling like you actually own yeah. your time, that you can work on it, like you can work with it and enjoy it, then there's no way you feel that burnout because you know how to establish the boundaries. You know how to protect your time, your energy. You know how to put those little moments into every single day that makes you feel alive, that makes you feel like everything is worth it so that you don't, you don't get to that point where you actually feel like you're done. So the mindset, the time management, and just really start taking care a little bit more of yourself just a little bit, like I'm seriously not saying like you need to have these two hours practices every single day, but recognizing that you need to take care of yourself, your energy, journal, take time to do the things that you love, go for a walk. These little things every single day will make the difference, the biggest difference that you can see in your life. So as you say, just reminding yourself that you want to be fit, fun and fulfilled. Those are the little things that you can absolutely do every single day. It can take you five minutes, 15 minutes. It can take as much time as you want, but have self-care practices, really start owning your time more and just say goodbye to burnout and establish those boundaries by changing yeah. the way you look at it. There's a conversation that seems to be happening all the time around balance. And I have like gone back and forth in believing that there is such a thing in balance or calling it just super ridiculous. And I think I fall more on the ladder at this point that like there is no such thing as balance. There are times when you can be more present with your family because the demands of your work are such that allow you to be a little bit more present. There are times when you've got to be way more involved in a project that has a deadline. And so balance ends up being something that each of us individually define based on the details that are happening in our individual lives. But I don't, I'm not sure that like society loves that answer because I think that there's almost like this mythical ideal of balance that gets sold, which is part of why I think it's so hard for people to feel good about themselves when they feel quote unquote imbalanced, because um, I'm just not sure that it was ever even attainable and because of it being so specific to each individual person, like who, who whose role is it to d decide what balance looks like for any of us? It's 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 not someone outside of us. It's our it's our own responsibility. How do you feel about balance, the definition of it in society, and the way that we have to apply it in our individual lives? That's a topic that I feel, as you say, more people is towards. There's not such a thing as a balance. And a lot of people also look for that balance. And I've seen the word change to harmony, like stop looking for balance that are looking for that harmony. I like that. I, yeah, I, I like both terms, to be honest. Like I do say that I can help you achieve work-life balance because I truly believe it. Not balance in a regular way that everybody feels. It's 50-50. So you can have the balance. It, 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 should, it should be 50-50. I don't see it that way. For me, having work-life balance, it's it's really feeling fulfilled in both, in both aspects. Like feeling great about my work and the time that I'm spending in there and feeling amazing about the time that I'm spending with my loved ones because I'm 100% present on that time. So yes, sometimes it might look like a 60-40, 70-30, 
but sometimes it's 100% family. <laughs> like, yeah, there's there's not such a thing a 50-50 and we shouldn't aim to do that because it will be truly dividing our calendar and our time by math. And yes, I love math, but our life are not like that. If you want to spend more time with your family, why should you add more just to keep that balance? <laughs> so yeah. it's it's not something that I feel people should actually aim for perfection because perfectionism it's one of the things that will absolutely kill your your balance and well not your balance will kill your you will kill your time and also thinking about being perfectionist it's what's going to lead you to that burnout yeah so really trying to do that that's how you reach burnout What's interesting is I think in real time, I'm recognizing a thing that I don't know that I've ever even thought about, which is my perception of balance is each side balanced against each other in a 50-50 kind of way. And that's a bad definition of balance because of, of course, the circumstances that in you know inevitably end up showing up in our lives in a season, in a time, in a project, in a kid's, you know, whatever, needing some additional attention at school. Balance is about having the things that you have as a priority in your life appropriately represented as the time that you're spending or the effort that you're putting in, even if it ends up to your point being 60, 40 or 70, 30 like that. That's a that's a big I think that's a big, big takeaway. Um, all right. If somebody has never approached time management in their life, they don't they don't understand even where to start. They're maybe even overwhelmed or scared by the idea of thinking about how to better and more efficiently figure out their day. Is there a protocol that you would recommend or a framework that you would recommend that they could walk down to try and get a little closer to feeling like they have some agency and control over the time in their life? Yes, actually, I do have a protocol because I feel like there are so many methods so many techniques and time management, it's so broad. I, I get it. I get that people might feel scary about trying something new every single time and not knowing where, where to start. So I, I created a time protocol. I call it the time protocol. And it stands for tracking, impact, motivation, and evolution. And I feel like these four main pillars are the one that are actually going to allow you to own your time. So Starting very basic on how can everybody get started, it's the tracking part. Really getting to know everything that's in your surroundings, how you're spending your days, how you're structuring your weeks, your month, how many distractions you have. Like what that's one of the biggest things I always ask people to track because you have no idea how much time you're wasting on distraction until you start tracking it. So good. And that's a huge change. So good. It's, it's yeah, it's the game changer for you to really start owning and gaining back your time. So then you go with the impact and really start creating the things that will actually move the needle forward, the things that will stick with you for the long-term, habits, routine, the mindset, as I said, it's one of the biggest things. Then the motivation. And in here, it's really stop thinking about external motivators and the things like those rewards, punishment, and what other people think and start really diving deep into your internal motivation, why you want to change, why you want to have time, what are your priorities and why, that's where you need to focus on. And then the last pillar, it's the evolution. And it's because we change. 
we evolve, we keep improving ourselves, we keep growing, and it's just how you are going to make this work for your whole life. How you tweak it, how you pivot, how you find what suits you on this new era on your life. So that's where evolutions come from. If if you don't change, you keep stagnant, you keep in the same spot, and that's that's where you start feeling also burnout when you don't feel like you're achieving more. Yep. Makes perfect sense. You're really good at uh, explaining super, I don't know if they're terribly complex, but just creating a little bit of a framework, it feels like a warm hug. Like, hey, we can do this. You can do this. Let's go. Uh, Alejandro, I know that you've written a book. We tell everybody about what it is and what you hope the reader would take away from it if they were to pick it up. Thank you for saying that I'm putting everything in a framework that seems simple because that that was the main idea. Like that's exactly what I want. It's yeah. people to understand that this is simple. It's something that you can absolutely achieve with little to no effort and I'm being completely honest. So there's there's no need to feel afraid of it or scared. So keeping it simple, it's really what I wanted. Yeah, what I wanted to to put out there. So when it comes to the book, I, I wrote it last year. So it's almost a year now. It's it, it came out in February 2022. And it's called From Burnout to Unstoppable, A Guide to Becoming Your Most Productive and Balanced Self. Yes, I use the word balance, but now you know what that meant to me. <laughs> yeah, I do. So this, I, I wrote this book because, uh, as I said, burnout, it's one of the biggest topics that I feel people it's really struggling with. And I wanted to, I wanted to let them know that there's a way out. So you can find a little bit of my time protocol inside the book. And it's for anyone who really wants to start thriving more in their life, achieving their goals with ease, without this burnout, how to start managing the time more efficiently, and how to really set themselves as their bigger priority. It's creating those boundaries around their time, around their energy. So knowing that you can achieve absolutely everything you want and start seeing your time as your ally. And, and that's why why I wrote it. And I'm really, really excited. and. I mean, last year it became bestseller on eight categories on Amazon, and that was one of the best moments <laughs> that I've. Amazing. Thank you. Yes, it's it has been incredible being able to to talk about the book and meet amazing people around the world and seeing how they're changing their life because that's my mission. To be honest, I feel like just making everybody's life a little bit easier. It's it's what I really want to do. So good. We finish each show by asking a single question before we get to that final question. If someone is interested in getting to know you better in understanding the work that you do, are there places on the internet or a handle on Instagram or Facebook that we can drive people to so they can get to know you better? Absolutely. You can find me on my website, alejandramarquez.com. I'm also on Instagram and on LinkedIn. Again, Alejandro Marquez uh, underscore your plan A or on LinkedIn, I'm Alejandro Marquez Mendez. And I'll be happy to connect with anyone who's listening to this podcast. And if you have any takeaways, uh, please share them. I really want to know what's that thing that clicked the most with you. Absolutely. We we ask people each week, if you, if you got something from this and how couldn't you have, tag us both, share it, share it with a friend. You're like five times more likely to remember the things that you are absorbing if you try to teach them to somebody else. I would love for somebody to yes. take some of their takeaways and share them with someone else. All right. Final question, Alejandra. 
Is there a single thought? Is there a piece of motivation, an insight, a quote, some word that you believe the people of this fine podcast audience need to hear today? If there was just a single thing that you could give in advice, what would it be? What will be the biggest advice that I will say today? Um, it's very related to everything that I say, but I will say it in a different way. And one of the biggest things that I completely believe is you should be grateful, but never settle. Mm. Like, yes, be very, very grateful with everything you have in life. Gratitude is one of the biggest things that you can tap into when you want to achieve more and when you want to feel better. But never settle because you're meant to do more, to be more and to really thrive in the way you want to thrive. So never stop believing in yourself and keep going after those dreams. I, every single day I dream bigger and bigger, but I'm very grateful for every single day in my life. So that that will be the little piece of advice. Let us go. Let's go. Alejandra Marquez, <laughs> I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you serving the way that you do, helping to try and maximize time, minimize chaos, get people from uh, the, the brink of burnout to something that's closer to peace. I just appreciate you and the work that you do. And uh, I appreciate you, the listener of this podcast. Thank you for being here. I hope that you'll uh, take something that you took from the podcast, share it with people that you are in life with and that you will tag both Alejandra and I between now and next week. I hope that you will, in Alejandra's words, be grateful, but not settle. There's so much more that exists for you. We'll see you next week on the Rise Together podcast. Well, thank you for listening to another episode. I appreciate you all being here so, so much. Before you go, I just want to make mention of one thing that I am so excited about. My daughter, Noah, and I have put together a delightful, an amazing, a wonderful children's picture book. It's based on the fun video series that we've done online called Tea Time with Noah, and it's called Here's to Your Dreams. It, uh, it comes out on November 8th. And it's a book that hopefully encourages children to be brave, to believe in themselves, to dream big. Uh, in this, our first adventure, Noah has this big dream of becoming a sea captain. She realizes in pursuing this dream that it's not all smooth sailing. She doesn't know how to captain, doesn't have a ship, doesn't know how to build one. And that process of having to learn and try and fail and get back up teaches her that she has so much of what she's always needed already inside of her, and that every time it didn't go her way, it equipped her with some skills that allowed her to be even stronger and more resilient and believe more in herself on the other side. Again, it's called Here's to Your Dreams. It comes out on November 8th, and you can get it anywhere books are sold. For more info, head to the link in the show notes or to here's to your dreams.com.